You are listening to the Feedback Podcast with my homie Back. All right. Welcome to the Feedback Podcast, everybody. My name is Back, and thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Uh, like I said, we've been uh, trying to focus on comedy this year. Uh, and so in our in the continuation of our coverage, you know, we've had Ozzy Moon on, we've had Carter Anderson, uh, Rob Morris, Pat Bernard, all local Austin uh, comics. So in the same vein, I'd like to welcome comedian producer Kate Lois to the show. How are you doing, girl? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Thank, I'm good. I'm good. I'm thank excited. you for thank you for having me and for asking me. Of course, you are busy as fuck. Yeah. I'm like, how do you? <laughs> I like it though. How do you I like do it? it? I, I, with the kids and the, the the Austin comedy thing you've been covering and sharing thoughts and uh, and promoting gigs and open mics all over the place. Like what? Like let's back up. Let's back up. No pun. Okay. <laughs> uh, what, what? Where does the love of comedy? Like how did that come about for you? Um, growing up, I never saw myself in comedy. That's just really I, I watched comedy a lot. I after I thought about it, I went to comedy a lot to just relate to anything or to numb from all the teenage crap. Um, and when it wasn't until go ahead. When you say you went, what, what do you mean? Like, what, what did you go to shows? Did you watch? I, I watched Conan O'Brien a lot. Like oh. when I was in when I was in eighth grade, I would just and at that point, like when his show came on, that was pretty late for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I didn't really understand the comfort I found not only in watching comedy, but in being that person that makes everything into a joke. Because if I'm uncomfortable, if, if I'm hurt, I just make a joke, but I never really related that to actually doing comedy. And I didn't have any friends that did comedy and it mm-hmm. never really seemed like a, it, I never thought I'd be a rock star, but that was kind of more of a, a more common thing for my, you know, like teenage people to think they were going to be. Right. I didn't have anyone in high school that was trying to do comedy or who even said, when I grow up, I want to be a comedian, mm-hmm. especially females. So it just never really was a thought to be a comedian. But back then, were, though, were you, I mean, you're watching Conan. So that was a way for you to relate. Well, I watched Conan, but I, I'm an only child. My parents let me watch Simpsons at a young age. Uh-huh. Um, I watched Se- I watched Seinfeld like as it was on. I didn't get most of the jokes. But I was raised on comedy sitcoms, um, mm-hmm. and but I didn't really understand that that was different than what a lot of my friends were watching at the time, um, or that I kind of found comfort in that after a while. And so, when did you actually, pardon my friend, um, or get, like decide, okay, I'm gonna get on stage? The first time I thought about it, like actually me doing it, was when I was living in LA for totally unrelated reasons. I went to LA before I ever thought about doing comedy. Uh Um, it was, uh, I was like young twenties going through a really rough alcoholic phase and trying to find myself and thinking that like running away (laughs) from home would like help me run away from my problems. You know, Uh um, it didn't work out. Um, but I was rooming with somebody who was doing comedy and who was going out to like the clubs and stuff in LA and he would come home every night, like around two or 3am and just tell me about how it went. And that's when I got the first out of. Hmm. I could do that. And to be fair, I was drunk every time I thought this. I don't know. He's he, uh, not recently. He moved 
from LA over to Houston where he was from and he was doing pretty well, but I haven't checked in. I kind of forgot his name. But even point. back then when you were roommates, did you ever go see him perform or do you know, was he good? No, I was too drunk to do that. <laughs> oh, well, that's what it been bad. No. I was in LA, but I didn't really do many LA things and going to like downtown LA or to the clubs he was at, that wasn't really in my price range or what I could do. I was, mm-hmm. I was a really sad person at that time. <laughs> um, but about a few months later, I moved back home to Austin and it was about six months after that, that a friend from high school had a thing on Facebook saying he was doing open mic comedy at this mm. burger place that was just on the street from where I was. And I thought, well, this guy can do it. I want to see this. And so I went to see it. And just like I thought in LA, but this time actually seeing the people doing it, I thought I can do this. <laughs> again I was still very sad at the time I was still struggling with my alcoholism and it was just something different and new that kind of created the spark that I had been spending years trying to find a spark that was something other than alcohol or drugs to help create that makes sense I saw how long ago was that that was 2012 that was summer 2012 almost nine years ago so you got on stage first time open mic you go towards the last is this your first time? Yeah. It's hard. It okay. you I didn't even, at that point, I didn't even know like what was first or last. I was just so happy to be there. Yeah. But like you, th- there's a, uh, especially your first time, like that there's this one, you know, are you prepared? Are you, do you, did you write jokes and then you deliver them and you don't get the response you expect and you get off stage and you, and you think, fuck, what am I doing? Or holy shit, I want to do that again tomorrow. I was the latter. So I'm like super crazy. I, um, to be fair, I got to watch like one whole open mic and have a whole week in between that. And when I actually went up, so I wrote jokes the best that I knew how. And so I was sort of prepared, but I was super nervous going up. I had those thoughts of like, what are you doing? This is at the same time when I was seeing all the other guys up in front of me, I thought, well, I can at least do what they're doing. And I don't mean that like as a slight, but it was, they didn't seem like professionals. It seemed like we're all just kind of trying to see what was funny. And we're in a freaking like burger joint off of 183. So it didn't seem that serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I went up, it, it didn't go so bad that I thought, oh, this is stupid. I'm never doing it again. And it was just this, everything I felt and every, the fun of using comedy to present myself and to hold an audience was just so different mm-hmm. that I kind of got off stage and thought, I want to do that again. I didn't think I was good. I didn't think like, Oh yeah, that was great. I just thought, well, this is fun. Let's keep trying. And I enjoyed the company that I was around. And I, mm-hmm. I'll be honest. I think I'm more, I was more excited about finding a group of people that were like me. Weirdos. <laughs> yeah. That's really, what it is. That's really what it mm-hmm. is. That's really what it is. That's a lot of what it is. Especially yes. for me, yeah. So you got off <laughs> stage and you're like, "This is it. I want to. I want to. I want to do this again." Like, did you? Did you get laughs? Yeah. Did you get laughs the first time? I, I think I did because I don't remember it being completely horrible, where uh-huh. it was just silence. I think if it was totally silence, I would remember that it was <laughs> terrifyingly silent. I got like chuckles, or at least had you could you can tell when people are at least kind of digging it and not just yeah like, at least a smile not not like cross or 
or where they want to like run away because they are embarrassed for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I, I was, I was not a hit and I did not go away thinking, Oh yeah, I can be a comedian. I can do this professionally. It was just, that was fun. Is that, is that still so, the goal? And the goal of what? Of doing it professionally. No, doing it professionally. The goal is now, it's not so much doing the comedian part professionally. It's being able to produce comedy enough to where it can be my job. Other, so I can be a mom, make enough money doing producing stuff. That's where I'm going to make the money. I'm not going to make a lot of money being a comic. Um, right, it's, it's rough. It is rough. The, well, the, the, being rough, the comic just, part. Yeah. Well, that's rough. But then with my time with the kids, like I can only get out so much. Right, I can right. only practice my act so much with a real audience. Um, but the producing part I can do all the time at home when my kids are at school, when my kids are home at night when they're asleep. Um, and that's, I think what I kind of like to do a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but the goal is to be a part of comedy, be hopefully a guiding light of Austin comedy and um, to make enough money off of it to where I can just do that as my job and not have to go back to shitty part-time jobs that don't work with my schedule or that take me away from my kids. Mm-hmm. While I'm doing something that's just something I don't like. Um, and then the second goal is just to make a better environment for Austin comedy. Are you, uh, are you original? So you're originally from Austin, right? Born and raised. Born and raised. You wanted one of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One, one of those. <laughs> yeah. Look, I've been here 23 years. I don't consider myself a native, but that's, that's still a long Because you're not, but that's still not, more than other people. Most than most people. Yeah. yeah. But, um, so how long did you, how long did you, uh, get on stage until you decided to actually produce events, comedy events, or did they happen at the same time? Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to build a timeline here. Cause you said 2012, you went up. Uh, um, I would say towards the end of the summer, about two months in, I, I did a, I ran an open mic with actually the guy, the high school guy that got me into comedy. We mm-hmm. ran a mic, but he's the one that set everything up. So I didn't really learn anything about production. Then I was just like the co-host and I was the one that kind of helped book everything. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know at the time that that was producing because I, I was young right. in my 20s. It was just like, oh, I'm putting on a show and I get to run a mic. Yay. Um, and then I would co-host, or not co-host, I would guest host the Cherrywood mic a whole bunch. But again, like that wasn't my thing. It was just hosting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I really didn't get, I didn't really produce a show enough to where I feel it's okay for me to say I produced the show until about the, um, summer of 2014. Oh, 2014, all the way back then. Yeah. Um, what was that? It was a, a bar that had a lot of showcases, uh, over like off of South first. Um, it was called, it, it was like a really dive sports bar but the showcases they had on were really special and mm-hmm. i was on most of them or i hosted some of them and it was just a really good vibe uh, but that bar shut down and one of the bartenders bought the bar and turned it into a much classier saloon light uh bar and he remembered me and he approached me about doing a comedy show there so again i didn't learn the part of like approaching venues at that point 
-hmm. but I was given the responsibility of creating the show, booking the show and all of that. And at that time, I still didn't realize that was producing. I just thought it was, it was still, I I was young and I was, yeah. But did you get headliners from uh, across the country? No, no, no. That's the thing. Like it, it was a very local show. So like, and, um, it wasn't an open mic and it wasn't a booked open mic. It was like an in-between of that and like an actual showcase where you're getting headliners from everywhere. It was kind of like an Austin, a little Austin comedy showcase. Mm-hmm. Um, so our headliners, and I, again, I didn't have them. It was, I gave like five comics, um, three minute spots for like the new comics to town that the people have never tried it before. Mm-hmm. And then the rest had reasonable, like five to eight minute sets. And there were about 10 comments for each one. Um, but it was just, it was a spot for comments to get a little more than open mic and a really nice bar. And that's that was pretty about good. It. But I, I did the posters, I did the booking, I did all of that, and I loved it. Did, did you I ever talk to the people in the ICAP city that do booking? Or anybody? Oh, were you going no. to? No? I wasn't work? liked. I wasn't, I wasn't. I was kind of shunned by like that side of things. So what? Wait, you were shunned. You're trying to put Austin comedy on and people shit on this. <laughs> well, yeah, well, people were shitting on me since close to when I first started. And then a All lot right. of stuff happened. Okay. You can't just say a lot of stuff happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure like, how much you know. And I, I don't know. I, honestly, I have no idea. Look, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like, you know, I, I started, uh two years ago and then COVID happened and now i feel like i have to start to start from scratch really and and then so i've been you, you came in right when i left again so that's why i don't know you oh i'm sorry to interrupt no that's cool but but i mean I, I you know i follow a lot of the the local stuff especially rob and patents and and what they're doing and who else is actually posting comedy shows like, i get i i keep up with comedy in austin like I check, I check the Paramount all the time. I check the, um, what's it called? Mass Concert Hall. I check mm-hmm. whatever comedy is coming through Austin. I got to know about it. And so there was this one website, the Comedy Wham, that had like a calendar of stuff. I know yeah. why you're smiling already. <laughs> something there. Um, and then, and then I don't know how your name came up or was it the Austin comedy one that came up? And I was like, Oh, this is cool. Somebody's actually taking on, Hey, here's what the open mics are every day. There's some shows coming up, you know, promote this comic, that comic. And so on. I'm like, sweet. We need that. We need that. Yeah. Cause you know, we don't have cap city anymore. So it's going to be well, DIY comedy. Huh? Well, cap city never really did that. They only did that for those who were in that circle. Right, but the, the, what I'm saying is, as far as like a pillar in mm-hmm. Austin comedy, Cap City was that. And if you haven't checked out our episode about it, go back and check it out. Very funny. Um, but th- there's always this, this this notion that um, all the information is so decentralized because everybody's trying to do their own thing. Yes. Yeah. And you're like, wait, hold on, you're all in the same boat here. If you only put your heads together and let your egos aside. Right, like a lot of great things could have happened. So many great things could happen, but no, and, no, that ego is. Ugh. And it, no, it's it's not just in comedy. I, 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 I no, it, it. it's it's everywhere. Yeah, it's artists. It's it's everywhere. 
it's musicians. It's really like, no, everybody want to do their own thing in their silo and fuck everybody else. And next thing you know, if you want to find out about some basic information, you have to know somebody who knows somebody or you have to research for 20 minutes. It's an ego thing. And it's also a just not remembering that we're all the same. We, we are all like, even when we're not the same, especially, and I'm talking more specifically as comics, but sure. even groups of actors, like they're basically the same. Whoever is able to do that job and want to do that job and everything that comes along with that job, you become a community of sorts. And when it comes to comedy, like I don't think I've ever met any comic, whether I hit it off with them or not, or whether they hate me or not, we're still similar in that in some point of our lives, a general society would say we're fucked up or we were messed up or we had trauma or we had this or we had that. And mm. for some reason, we all turn to comedy to cope with that. Or for some reason, after every you know, crappy open mic or even after you've been shunned from certain groups or even went super tough, you still come back to it. <laughs> Yeah. And you still true. love it. And even when you know, like, I probably won't make a living off of this. I'm only going to open my, it's still what we have to hold on to. And there's a reason for that. So we all share that, but I think people forget it and it becomes too competitive. And then, then egos do start to play in and then just, it gets so complicated. We forget like the thing that brought us all here. Wow. That could be a shirt. <laughs> well, not all a of that. A long, shirt, a long <laughs> shirt that's written on the sleeves, on the front, on the back, on the inside, and on the tag. Uh, <laughs> uh, so wait, so when you say shine, like what's happened to you specifically? Because if you're going to call some names, we'll call some names. I don't give a fuck. Well, I can do it out most of that. Look, I wrote notes to make it really short. When I started in 2012, I'm back. Again, I'm an only child. Born and raised in Austin, Texas. With kids. Well, with kids, but at that time I did not have kids. Oh, yeah. Don't bet. Um, <laughs> and not with I, kids, folks. 2012. She was still kicking it. Oh, was, <laughs> oh my God. Um, <laughs> if you have darker stories, please. <laughs> um, but I have this, I've always had this annoying habit since I was 14. I ask a lot of questions. And I question authority a lot and not like in a aggressive, this is wrong way, but just in a stupid, innocent, Hey, this doesn't seem right. Or this doesn't seem fair. Or why does this work that way? Mm -hmm. And so I started to do that about two weeks into starting comedy. And what did, what did you do? um, Like, did you call out somebody? Did you? No. Um, all the Facebook groups on all the comedy Facebook groups were a lot bigger back then. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would go on there and I would just ask these questions on different posts or I would just say things because I thought we were all just friends. Um, I'm, I'm going to pry on this because you still haven't given what the question was. Well, I'm still, I'm getting there, but I, there's gotta be. Um, okay. 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 I'll shut so up. When I'll I started up. doing that, I had a female comic message me and pretty much she tried to help me. Uh-huh. And let me know that I need to stop doing that. Um, and she was, I think, I feel like she really was coming from a good place. And I, I respected what she said and I was trying to be polite. And I was like, I hear you, but um, I still want to ask questions. I don't get why I can't ask questions. And because I kept on asking questions, um, it was the female comics that went against me first. 
Um, I wasn't no. blacklisted. I was at that point, but there was a very much a, a lot of the upper tier at the time, especially the female comics, like shut that off. So I could still have fun in my like little open mic group. Um, but all the upper tier ones, either they shut me off, they stopped talking to me and they started like Not saying what- shitty comments online. Were they like banning you from open mics or saying not at that point? You on? At that, that point, happen? Oh, that happened. Oh, that, that happened in 2018. We see there. There's a whole. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. Welcome to the Kate Show. We're gonna listen. I <laughs> tried stories. to tell you. It's, it's no, so this is long. good. This is good. <laughs> Gather um, up, and, and most people just get bits and pieces of it, and then they they talk about it amongst themselves and create their own narratives of it. Uh-huh. But they never talk to me about it so i never really get my chance to say this is what happened and this is what i was thinking and this is how it played out so what was what was the what were the questions you were asking i don't they were innocent they weren't like i was not trying to burn anyone or they were it was nothing about cancellation crap it was just things like why does a mic work like this or um why is it that comics that have waited their turn and done everything they can to get three to four minutes on a mic, get bumped because someone from out of town has come in. Like, I just like that. Yeah, okay. So this is like, basically, um, it is what it is. Shut the fuck up and just take it. Like, Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do because that's how it works. And I was like, it's not that I don't respect that, but that's not me. That sounds weird. It sounds weird. And I was, and I was still young enough to, to not, to be naive enough to not understand what could happen to me if I keep on asking questions. <laughs> um, Fucking egos, man. Yeah. I mean, if someone is starting, and th- this is uh, actually, I do want to, uh, I'm making a bookmark in my head, make sure I ask you about that later. So make sure you stay tuned. Do you have a notebook? Where's your notebook? Me? Yeah. I don't have notes. I got- it's my head yeah i have adhd if i put stuff up here it just gets oh no i mean the conversation will go we'll talk about ducktales next so don't don't sweat it it's okay uh what was i gonna say yes so if you start so from the get you already people i guess don't like you because you ask questions about how the shit works which is ridiculous the scene was big enough though that it was just the upper tier comments that were like fuck this girl or that would say really mean comments on the on the threads but there was still another half of austin comedy that were still open micing or like half open micing half making their way up mm-hmm. who were fine with me because you know they didn't really care about someone challenging the rules or challenging the empire the empire what empire <laughs> well, it's not. Well, now it's what empire, but then it was. There was very much an empire. There's very much a hierarchy. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's so when you start producing shows, do you have any deal with all this shit still? Yeah, because the shows I produced at that time, especially in the first year of my comedy, they weren't real shows. They were stupid open mic. So fast forward to 2018, right? Two kids. Fast forward to 2018. So you you go back to. To, to stand up or are you going back to make to producing shows and you know it's producing shows by then i went back to stand up first uh-huh. um there are some important things to hit on about my motherhood um but i think it was about october ish it was after i don't know 
being a single parent when COVID hits and lockdown hits, when you have two kids, two young, very young kids, uh-huh. and you can't work and all your life, every single day, every single hour is just mom, 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 mom. I have a three-year-old. I, I have I, one. You have, you have two. <laughs> and I had a three-nager and a five-year-old who was, they're very three and five. Um, and I fought very hard to have my kids home with me. I fought very hard to get them back. I was very happy to, for them to be here during that time, but I lost myself. I just became a mom. I became very depressed. Mm-hmm. All I was was just this person and there was nowhere for us to go. I mean, we had my parents' house, but it was, it was a rough six months. And um, anytime I'd start to get out of that rut, I realized there was nowhere for me to go. I don't, I don't fit in with the mom groups. I don't really want to. I fit in with some, but like that, that's not really a, those aren't really groups that can kind of fill my cup of whatever I need socially. I, I totally get it. And I, I have I, to be really careful when I talk to them because they don't get, <laughs> I don't even talk to them. No. I, go pick up, if, I, I don't, I mean, I see the dads that drop off the kids at school and pick them up and everything. I just go get my son or drop them off and leave. I'm not trying to chit chat. Uh, then if I don't do that, I have no friend or like, I've got my, my few that are like, you know, in the past personal friends, but there's no way to make new friends, especially during COVID times. Right. Um, so it was like, I'm feeling better. My kids are finally able to kind of go to school three days a week here and there, unless someone comes down with COVID and they're suddenly home for two weeks. Uh-huh. Um, I wasn't yep. able to work. Go ahead. Do you have, sorry, do you have a day job? No, I, I can't because if my son's class gets, if someone that class is interacted with gets COVID or test positive. He's home for two weeks and there are no jobs right now that will one work with my very not flexible schedule with my kids and two be able to be like, Oh yeah, you need two weeks off. That's fine. We're going to keep you on. No big deal. Uh, And I'm making more from unemployment right now than I am from any part-time job I could get. So Uh, that that is true. (laughs) It's a lot of people. Um, So, I was feeling better, but I had nowhere to go. And I went online. I tried to talk about politics. This was like right before the election or right during the election. No, okay. And that didn't go well. There's no one to talk to online. That, that's a, Why that's would a, you? No, see, this is, you don't, we, we, we've had, trust me, we, we, we've had plenty of political talks on this show. And one lesson out of all the conversations we've had were, why politics used to be something that you don't talk about because it, 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 uh, there's too much emotion tied to it and people get very engaged and very, uh, committed and very like get very hard on their position and shit can fly off. And the worst way to communicate that, to express all those political thoughts is online. Right. So and I, yet people still do it. Like, it, it's just a waste. I mean. But, but remember, some people don't have any other outlet. I had no friends to talk to. And the way I was starting to think didn't fit in with my parents. And it didn't really fit in with my friends. So I threw it against, you know, social media walls. And that didn't go well. Um, and so I got to this point where it's like, I want to say stuff. I'm feeling more confident. I'm losing a lot of the depressed COVID weight I've been losing. So I feel like I can go outside again. Mm -hmm. My kids are at school and um, Thanksgiving was 
approaching and they were going to be gone for a whole week. And I thought, well, I've been, I've been checking out, even when I wasn't in the scene, I was keeping up with what was going on a bit. Yeah. I was like, okay, the empire's gone. Cap city's gone. At least, at least half of the old scene is gone. All the people that banned me before are gone. Why not just, why not just like dip the toes back in a comedy just to see what it does. I had no, I had none of these ideas at the time. It was just, why not? I have, if, at the very least, if they let me in or if anyone talks to me, I know it'll be people that I can jive with and that get me or that are old friends that will still talk to me, which means a whole lot. So, right. And it's, it was the only place I had a microphone. I could say whatever I wanted. And then when I was done, I didn't have to listen to the bullshit. Just <laughs> like, I can just make my, the weird political thoughts I had worked up in my head and I could say them and I could just sit back. You can't heckle me or you can, but then they'll get mad at you. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's very clickish. It's kind of like, it's kind of like high school. Like I, I, I can't say that I was like hardcore a part of it. Like when I first started, like I the was. Scene? Yeah, the scene. Yeah. Okay. When, when I when I started and I was going to his open mics, yeah, we we'll see this a lot of the same folks. You know, we didn't really become best buddies at first. I was like, I'm just keep to myself. Whenever I go up, I go up. But at least I watch everybody. Like I wasn't going to. Yeah, I'm, I, I was going to be last anyway. So watched everybody, and then it's my turn, do my thing, and then stay. But I didn't, I wasn't like, yo, what's up? I'm a comedian, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, that, that's not the vibe. Cause it, you, first of all, you come off really weird. Comedians. There's a, yeah, there's a special way to do it. If you're going to try to be more proactive. about Yeah, it. exactly. So, you know, I, I was, uh, I, I forgot who I talked to early on, but he was like, Hey, uh, when you go to open, keep going to the same open mics, you know, introduce yourself to, uh, the host you know, come back. And every time you come back, make sure you say hi. Even if you don't go up, make sure you say what's up. And I'm like, at least at the host. This all the time with bartenders. <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly, it's, it's very thing. similar. It's incredibly yeah. similar. A lot of the producing stuff I have comes from my many years in service industry the same and, thing. and brand marketing. Like it's just, it's, it really goes all hand in hand. It's customer service when it comes down to it. Exactly. The comics exactly. you're working with or the audiences you're trying to build a relationship with. I do, I do have a beef with open mics one. And I noticed that <laughs> one is oh, just one open mic. No, 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 no. With open mics in general. One thing about open mics that, that, that I really don't like. Okay. It's the fact that you go to one, most of the people in the audience are other comics mm-hmm. and they don't have the decency to sit there and watch the other comics on stage. Yeah. And I think it, I think it's sad and I get it, you know, well, actually I don't get it because these are motherfuckers that see each other every day. Cause they go to this. There's only like two or three mics at night. Chances are you're going to run to the same people. You can catch up. But I think that once someone goes up, like watch or don't or shut up. I, oh, God, I agree with that. Talk. Yes. I mean? And I'm, I'm someone who personally, though I am, I can be guilty sometimes of getting excited and not remembering like, Oh shit, I'm in the middle of an open mic, but I'm, I personally tried to go outside or like move a conversation somewhere else 
or I'll be that bitch that like kind of shushes comics if they're just getting stupid loud. Yeah. Like, but I'm also kind of half a person or a comic that thinks, well, if what they were saying was interesting enough, not even funny, just interesting enough, uh-huh. maybe more people would listen. Or I kind of like all comic rooms, open mic rooms, because there's that challenge. It's more, it's easier to get an audience to pay attention or laugh than it is to get a room full of, especially as a female comic, a room full of bros yeah, who are all trying to talk to each other as bros. And you have to be like, hey, and I honestly get the opposite where they, they all listen. They may not laugh, but they all listen. <laughs> and it's a weird pressure, but it's a pressure that is needed to help work some stuff out. Or if they laugh while they're all paying attention, then I know, okay, I got to keep that. So this room full of men mm-hmm. are w- who are waiting not to laugh at me actually giggled at something, that's something to keep. Oh, or if I can see in their eyes. It, it's 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 a man man woman type thing or is it just it's just funny that's something the whole just be funny thing go ahead go I ahead don't, i don't disagree with uh-huh but i feel like we throw that at we throw that out as solutions way too easily and it happens a lot when someone doesn't have the answer it's like if someone comes up to someone with a comedy problem, it's like, well, just be funny. Or just be funny. It's like, yeah, but sometimes just being funny. Here's the question. Go ahead. Who decides what is funny? Who does that was funny? Who decides what is funny? So they say just be funny. Okay. Who decides what is funny? The audience. Well, first of all, it's gotta come from what you think is funny that you think the audience would find funny. But it starts with you. So, it starts with you. Because, so who, hold on. So that's what I'm saying. It, you decide. You think so, right? Yeah, but the reaction is that the reaction can be different. So that's where we come back to the question. Who decides what's funny? Because, yes, you're right. On a personal level, you decide what's funny. Sure. But when you, you come up, or at least in my personal experience, when I go up to a comic friend and I'm like I just don't understand why this person is treating me this way or why I can't get booked on this even though I've been doing everything I'm supposed to do to get booked on it or yada yada the, the answer is always just be funny just be funny just be funny it's like well I I thought I was being funny and well I had these people laugh and so I thought they thought it was funny okay I have but, an answer then I have an answer okay. when Something is considered funny. It goes beyond what the comedian thought and what the audience thought. Let me let me say that another way. It's, 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 it's like saying there is such thing as good music. Music is subjective. People, you know, react differently to different genre of music, right? right? I'm not a big fan right. of country, but I can respect the fact that people love country. Good fan. Right. So, but you can still look at um, Prince and say, that's good music. I don't care. You don't have to be a fan of it, but that's considered good music. The same way that a joke from a comedian is considered funny. It's almost like, not unanimous. It's almost unanimous because if you tell that joke and 
you tell it just the perfect way so that whoever's listening finds it funny and laughs or giggles or gets you get a reaction out of it, then you know it's then know you then you know you're being funny with that joke. And so on and so forth. So I guess it's like it's like trying to find the ultimate melody. Or right. as a musician, it's like you're you're looking for that one chord that you can't you're trying to get to that one beat you're trying to get to. So the goal as a as a comic is to find that one joke that's perfectly phrased to where you get a reaction from the audience, no matter who's in it. What happens when you get reactions from audiences, but you don't get reactions from the comic? Because I feel we all should be playing towards the audience. No, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. And when most of your audience are male comics who may not understand the perspective you're coming from, that's the only time I never want to say it's male versus female. I don't like, I don't book, like I just booked a show for tomorrow and it's all males. And I've had some females be like, where are the girls? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I, I don't book thinking things like I need to have a girl in here. I need to have this in here because that's where it does come down to just who's funny. And maybe if more females showed interest, they'd be on, but whatever it's, um, what is important and what I think a lot of people skip over or just don't want to discuss or just don't want to recognize is that mm-hmm. male and female comics, there are other divides, but this is one big one. Male and female comics have a different sense of humor. We have different, very, I, I agree with that. Very I agree different with perspectives. That. And I don't blame my mostly male comrades that in comedy that just don't get it or who are like, that just sounded aggressive. Or where's the punchline? Or you need more of this and that. It's like, and I appreciate all the feedback. But mm. sometimes it's like, I get that you didn't get it. But could you stop just saying that it's not funny? Or could you just stop telling me that like, oh, it was good, but you know, just be funny. Or just do this, this, and this. And create the structure that most male comics need to have. No, no, no. That, um, that I, dis- I disagree with. I think that okay. every, well, I'm, I'm just doing what they're saying to you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, okay. I'm yeah, even more yeah, down with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, the, 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 the idea that there is a, a certain way to do comedy, I think is bullshit. I hate and you that. Can't, you can't attribute that to somebody based on their personality. Cause I've seen comedians, they get on stage and they, they have this, this persona or this character that they put together. And then when you talk to them off stage, they're just regular guys. Right. So it, it's it's not there's not a it's got to be a way that that you feel is right for you. Right. And, in, and if, if you can take that and put it in joke form and look for that ultimate joke, actually, those ultimate jokes, because you can't have you can't have you keep on saying just once like, well, what then are you going to do? No, no, no exactly. But I'm saying that every time you write a joke, you're trying to get to that point. So whatever right. the premise is, whatever the idea, whatever the thought you got to get to that point where when I tell that joke this way in this, in this order of words, and this is how I acted out and this, I'll move on stage. And this is how my voice goes. These are the, the vocabulary I'm using is the alliteration I'm using. Then, and I deliver that, I get a laugh every time. Then I know I'm funny. If, if you've done that long enough and whatever long enough is years, decades in the, in the business, and you get to a point where, you know what? I know how to craft that. 
because it is a craft at the end of the day. But the only way to test it is you have to yeah. do it in front of people. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I really, um, going back to the open mic and the, so last night I went to uh, the Romo room. Oh, how was that? I, yeah. It was good. It was good. I went to, uh, um, it was about maybe what, 15 people? No, not about 20 people in there. Mostly comics in there. People that I didn't know personally. But again, I feel like I'm that starting from scratch. I, I really feel like I felt like I'm starting from scratch, literally, because I got I got the chills like before the first time I went. I seriously, I, w- oh, I was wow. shaking. I was mm-hmm. shaking. My, my throat was dry. Good. I went to the bathroom like three times <laughs> in 20 I minutes, that, which though. is, huh? I love that anxiety though sometimes. Oh it's man, it's annoying. Because- and it makes you remember that like there's something to, oh, but it is annoying too. It's yeah, it is fun. because I'm about to talk. My mouth is dry. I forgot to order something to drink and I'm just, and I was looking down a lot. Like it was horrible. It was uh, honestly compared to where I left off last year, it was horrible. And I can't say that I, I didn't practice. I read my my notes a bunch of times. Now I'm like, there's no point in looking over your notes two minutes before you're going up. It's just it's like studying for a test. Oh, I, I try not to. No, yeah. you don't. And I'm not. I, and I, I never want to be the guy who goes up on the mic with notes. I never want to. that? Huh? I, I have the same thing. I never want to be that guy either. But then in my head, I'm like, it's a fucking open mic. This should be the one time I do come up with notes. No, so because, I, I can remember my train of thought. Eh, I don't know. Well, first of all, I, I use my phone to, I always record myself and mm-hmm, I can watch it. And I do a, I do a little like self-critique afterwards. I sit in my car and, in the dark and go, oh, that was horrible, Beck. <laughs> that was horrible. Seriously, I, I, I have a whole, if you go to my, if you go to the feedback doc, uh, the YouTube oh, no. channel, youtube.com slash the feedback you'll see uh when i my 17 open mics and after each open mic i'm sitting in my car oh my with, god w- with the light on and i'm like this was bad that was horrible oh uh, i got this one joke worked da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah yeah i did that for every open mic every mic i do i do that yes. like if most of us did that it just be like you suck you yeah. suck <laughs> they all hate no, you <laughs> no but you you know what i i am I'm, I'm i'm i don't take compliments well I'm, I'm very self-critical and I, I want to do things the right way. So if I get on stage and I do it and I'm looking for my words, I'm looking down or I'm, I'm stuttering and I get off and people go, oh, that was good. I'm like, cut the shit. That was horrible. No, but, but you got to remember where you're at. Like if you're doing an open mic, looking down, looking at notes, all that stuff, like that's not wrong or bad it's an open mic it's to build you up so that when you get actual time like on a showcase you're not doing that shit it's to practice out all those little oh yeah I, I totally get it I, but I, I, get I, I but i get the standard i, I get the level you put yourself on because i do the same thing so yeah. i'm not practicing what i'm preaching right now <laughs> <laughs> no, i mean i think everybody's been there and no, what, what pissed me off was that not really pissed me off maybe that's too strong of a word but um the last open mic i went to before COVID was like last March and I felt comfortable. I didn't get the chills. I was like freestyling a little bit and I got laughed. I was in Which, the groove. Where was it? It was uh, Mr. Tramps. Mm. It was the Mr. Tramps one I went to. Yeah. I think, it, I think it was Mr. that Tramps. one. Yeah. And so I was comfortable and uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad I did. And then 
a year later, I'm like, oh, well, um, like, no, fuck that shit. I can't. That's also a year later, man. I, I know. Look, trust me. I appreciate all the sentiment. Oh, and was it and was it last night that was your first one back? Yeah, no. I did two. Yeah. I did two back to back. So room on room, and then I went to um, Detour across the street. How was Detour? Okay, so when I say that comics don't pay attention, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And I, it, it's a, it's a bar. I mean, there's pool tables. Detour, I remember Detour yes. when it first opened. It was a lounge, and my my friends used to throw DJ yeah, parties. I worked at the Freebird right next door. Oh, well, there you go. So, like back then, Detour was actually classy. And then I don't know what happened. They ripped off all the furniture and put a bunch of metal around, and then there you go. And so <laughs> yes. the acoustics suck, you know. And you know, it, it's uh, and yeah, it, it's literally all comics except for like a couple. So everybody who went up was talking to nobody. There was like uh, some of them were like. From, a lot of them from, were from out of town, actually, because, you know, we're getting a lot of yeah, comics so here now. Tons of people are coming in. Yeah. And so uh, they were going up and going, yeah, well, fuck these guys. I'm going to talk to this guy right here because he's paying attention. Well, that's and, a part of the challenge, though. No, I know. But it, 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 again, it's it's good, you know, to cut your teeth and I, you're going to get that regardless. So I, I, when I signed up, I didn't expect it, expect that. Yeah. And I thought, well, I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, as much as it's going to suck because nobody's going to pay attention to me. Um, I got to get used to this because it's going to happen over. It might be worse. Maybe someone will talk shit back to me. I don't know (laughs) because so so far all the mics I've been to, there was at least, you know, some people interested in what I, what I had to say, even other comics, but that one in particular, like seriously, nobody was paying. Pat was sitting there. He was, he was listening, but that's about it. Maybe two other people. Huh? Of course, Pat was. Yeah, but even when he went up, he was like, "That yeah, nobody's paying attention to me. I'm I'm eating dick right now." And and part of it, I know. But that to your to your point, to your point, uh, I think that it's one of those things that could go a long way if there was that at least that respect. Not not even respect, just decency. You know, like I, I, for example, I never leave in the middle of someone's set. I wait till Same, he's done, yeah. he or she's done, and I'll go to the bathroom or order a drink or whatever. If, if that, I do, it's because I have to, because like dad's calling with kids or something yeah, like that. But, it, but otherwise, it never, I would just sit there. And, and honestly, I would, I would love someone. Well, okay, this, this is what I want to ask you. Okay. Do you feel that there is this camaraderie? I'm not going to say it in English. English, you know what I mean. Camaraderie is French. Um, and I'm not going to try to say it that way I'm white. And camar- camaraderie. I can't even say it. Camar- camaraderie. How do you say it? Camaraderie. Camaraderie. Anyway. Camaraderie. 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 If I hear charcuterie one more time, I swear to God, someone <laughs> getting shot. <laughs> charcuterie. Fuck out of here. Charcuterie. charcuterie. Okay, do not make Okay. <laughs> sure, cool. That's a question. Anyway, uh, the the camaraderie thing, where someone who's done who's been doing comedy for a long time can look at a you know an open micer and come up to him and say, "Hey, I like I like what you got. I like the kind of jokes you have. Maybe if I help you, like you know, craft your jokes better or something." Is there this like? Older brother, younger brother, older sister, younger sister type of 
type of dynamic. Have you seen that at all? I doubt it, but I'm on it. Well, I see it all the time because there are tons of older brothers that are trying to help their little sisters uh, understand how to tell jokes. Um, For me personally, just because I know how it has felt in the past, it's all about the language that you use. It's all about the words that you use. If you go up to someone and say like, hey, I can help you, like it just doesn't come off right. Well, yeah. If if I have any advice, I will not give advice on joke or a set because who the fuck am I? And yeah. what do I know about their... And at that point, I don't know them. So I don't know the voice and I don't know where they're coming from. So the only advice I give are things like, hey, that was great. Just come at it with more confidence and it'll be fine. Like when you ask your, when you say your jokes, like blah, blah, blah. And then the water bottle was sexy. Like the audience and the comics can tell when you're not sure. And we don't have that confidence and you can still bomb with confidence, but it's so much better to bomb with confidence than it is to bomb with like, what is this one? I'm seeing your <laughs> approval. I need your I, I talk with inflection. <laughs> But that, like, that's the only advice I personally give people. And, but yeah, it totally exists that both male and female comics will approach younger comics and give their advice and try well, to help them out. Kind of like a protege type of thing. Sort of. But it's not, it's not super common and it's not always. Welcome. It, it always, I think, more it revolves more around ego than it does around actually wanting to take someone under your wing and teach them. Right. A lot of times it's just pretty much people on the same-ish kind of level, maybe just a little tiny bit above. Right. Thinking that, and with their big heads, they're like, well, let me tell you how that should have been. Or let me tell you how to make that female rape joke better. Or <laughs> Well, not just that, but not just that. More also... If you're a uh, if you're a touring comic, and then you see someone locally or someone who's who's actually doing well, I'd be like, hey, you know what? Well, Come on tour yeah. with me. That's what I mean. Oh, by that's, that. oh, that's different. That's completely different. Well, well, th- there's I'm, I'm talking about just uh, seeing someone grinding, you know, really working at it, writing jokes, getting on stage, coming back, over bombing, doing well, getting all, yeah. all of that. And then someone else noticing that and go, oh, shit, hey, I'm so-and-so, I, I, you know, how can I help you with, you know, maybe your joke writing, that, maybe you should watch your things, your videos together, well, that, watch it on with me. That helps a lot, but I think at least when we're talking about locally and just like a more local scene, whether it's Austin or anywhere else, mm-hmm. but I know, I really only know Austin, um, the way that plays out is that they do look for you know, who's coming out, who's grinding and grinding to them means like who's going out to every single mic. Right. And I've, I brought up with some of the higher ups recently, like, well, what about people like me? Like, higher, okay. When it, you say higher ups, like who, who are you talking about? Of the people running the production companies right now and the people booking everything. Oh, like big life network. Those guys. Big Laugh network is like, <laughs> like, like this is big Laugh network. And then this is local Austin comedy producers doing their thing. Big Laugh seems to have connections that we don't yeah, yeah, for right. whatever reason. And, and yes, they are a production company, but that's not, I'm not on that level and I'm not talking to those people just because I, I don't even know who they are. Uh, but I'm talking like Rough Cut Comedy, Romo Room, okay, uh, okay. that kind of stuff. 
uh, and what they look for, or at least what one of them looks for is, you know, who's going out and grinding, blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, I, I am grinding, but it doesn't look like everybody else is grinding because I can only get out two or three nights a week. Um, if I could, and the, the weeks that my kids are with their dad, like I am out every single night, every single night. And I stay out as late as I can just to talk to other comics, just to be a part of it, just to learn whatever I can. Um, but nobody sees that because I'm not out all the, all the time. I mean, look, it's, it's not a, uh, uh, it's like, well, it's like anything, you know, it's kind of a young, young man's one woman, like a young thing because yes, like I have, I have a three-year-old too. And yeah, he goes to school and I got to do all the daddy stuff and things get in the way. Huh? Do you have a partner? Yeah. Do, do they help watch? Yeah. Your chat? Yeah. So daddy doesn't. No, no, I didn't mean it like that. I oh. just mean <laughs> whether you're a mom or a dad, being a single parent makes it very different. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, look, I'm not. The, the the bottom line is this: um, given whatever circumstances you have going on, because some people like I have my day, I have my day job too. If but I, some yeah, people I'm, have to work three jobs. Some people exactly, have to take their exactly. Care. Yeah. But but the, the the grind is still the same within whatever circumstances you you're living in you still okay well when i can't that's where you find me and but not everybody sees that grind because it doesn't look like the grind that they're looking for i i don't think it's uh i don't know it's 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 hard it's, it's hard to judge because i don't think it's uh not everybody has that that luxury that luxury really i mean most of those guys are probably single no kids totally time job and totally so they have they yeah. have the time there's 24 hours in a day that's the only thing we're all equal oh, and when my kids aren't here i cling on to comedy because it's all, like it, i mentioned before exactly like, all I, I know outside of mother i get it i had a com- <laughs> i had a conversation with um with tony hinchcliffe about three years ago when he came down and did kill tony and I know I'm dropping names, but whatever. And we were we were at Lala's, and I told him I said, "Hey, I'm I'm thinking about starting." And I was doing also doing the podcast, and he said, "So what's 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 up with that? Like, are you?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, I have a I have a one year old. Actually, at the time, it was only like nine months." I said that it was under one. Yeah, it was under one. It's like nine 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 months old, and he goes, "Doesn't matter." On the contrary. He said that he said, and he said, on the contrary, use that as a motivation exactly. to keep doing what you're doing. Exactly. Don't use that as a crutch and say, "Oh well, I couldn't make it because kids, you know, no. life and work." No, it's don't just, use anything as a crutch. Exactly, nothing. use nothing as a crutch. It's just excuses at that point, right? You're just making excuses for for yourself. I wish I um, I when I first did an open mic in 2000. I want to say maybe around that time, like 11, 12 or something. Okay. And um, I went up at Cap City with my friend, John Stringer. <gasps> yeah. I love John We knew we, we, were, we were friends. We had a lot of mutual friends. I'm trying to get him the- to come down here so I can get him on a show here. Oh, uh, John Stringer is hilarious. By the way, he's been on the podcast before. Go listen to his episode. The I Men's will. 20th. So uh, John... We were hanging out and he used to, uh, we used to do these uh, event coverages and he would come come in and like cover the event live on the mic, cracking those to people. And so we went and did that open mic that, that night 
And he kept going. I stopped because I have a job. And I didn't have a, a girlfriend at the time. I didn't have anything else. Like, I have a job. And I like to go out and I was dancing at the time. That's what it was. I was uh, doing hip-hop dancing. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I make good money. I go out whenever I want. You know, I have this, this uh, uh, yeah, the podcast hadn't even started at the time. No, I'll take it there. Anyway, I was throwing events. That's what I was doing. And I was happy with that. I was a big fan of comedy already. I could quote any comic. You know, I was, I was watching all the shows and everything. I would go to shows as well. And, and I just said, you know what? Day job. John kept going. And jo- John now headlines all over Southwest. Everywhere but Austin. Yeah, but he still lives here. I think he still lives here. I think I'm he's get, I'll in ask Dallas. Him. Yeah, probably, maybe. Maybe. I thought There's he a had, reason he doesn't perform here. I don't know. I don't know. We'll get him. We'll get him. I'll, I'll, oh, we I'll will. Him. Oh, he's gonna come, and when I'll, he comes I'll, to a show, then I'll be like, this podcast. If I if I can, if I can hook it up, do I get tickets? <laughs> no. I don't know if you can tell. Anytime I do a show, I'm trying my best to let comics in for free. No, look, I it's all right. I can if I any way I can help. That's fine. John, John, just promote it. Buy buy something from the venue to help. You know, the bar oh, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, or something in a tip bucket if that's the kind of show we're doing. But no, definitely. But the, to go back to the... Uh, my, my whole point was that the grind and the work can look different for everybody. Yes. Um, and the difficulty I have had, especially now, this is probably the best I've ever done in comedy. This is probably the most recognition I've ever had in comedy. It's not a lot, but it's, it's the most recognition and respect. Well, I still have very much to gain. Um, I, honestly, it, I don't know what, like how much damage <laughs> you did or what to, because you, you keep saying that like, you're not in it or you're, you don't feel like you belong or people are putting you down. Like what the. It, uh, not so much being put down. That was in 2018 and, and my first couple of years right now, it's a whole lot of people from what I've heard because no one really will tell me these things directly um go ahead go ahead a lot of people are afraid of me um or they're threatened by me or they're not quite sure what i'm trying to do which kind of falls into the being afraid and threatened um what, what are they saying i don't i don't get it like how are you threatening you're just helping the scene the best you can like what else do you need to know it has a lot to do with the past and some of their feelings are fair, but a lot of their feelings are if they would just allow me to have to explain. Because everything they feel are based off of rumors, because most of the people that are involved right now weren't around when I was around. So everything they oh, think everything okay. are based off of old rumors or old stories. Um, there are people that I will have com- long conversations with and feel good with. And then two days later, you know, I'm, I've got a comic guy that's like hugging me just because we're buddies. And then I, I hear and see those people that I just talked with warning that guy, like, Hey, don't get too, don't get too close with Kate Lois. But be careful with Kate Lois. And that's, that's kind weird. of what I'm trying to that makes no sense. overcome right now. Well, it doesn't because you don't know the past and I'm not saying the past makes that okay no 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 it's not that i mean from i'm just looking at where your heart is like what you're trying to accomplish which is 
thankless, really. Nobody asked for it, and you just took it upon yourself to do it. So props to, props to you. But And whatever you did in the past, and I was hoping you could give us an example specifically how you you stab somebody. I don't know. It sounds like you did something horrible. I can make it. Let's see. I can do it real quick. Um, but it has to do, it's because of my past that drove me to do what I'm doing right now. And that okay. gives me all the motivation and that gives me all the heart and that I finally realized if I can focus in on this, it'll probably make me the happiest than it has so far. Okay. So um, go ahead. what happened? Now we get to the bottom. I went through the crap in, in 2012 and 2014, between 2012 and 2014, I was constantly on the, uh, like Austin comic groups and stuff, getting harassed, lots of joking uh comments but a lot of comments saying things like kill yourself blah 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 but it was fine because i still had my own like group of people whatever uh but in 2014 when i was running sweetwater the one showcase i told you was kind of the closest to me producing something i loved it very much i had a comic on that i had a kind of crush on um he took me home we had sex that was consensual at the very beginning but uh, when it came down to it, it became very non-consensual and uh, and ended up becoming pregnant from that. And when that happened, I started speaking out. I, um, I started, I made a blog, the first blog I made. Um, and I came out about the rape and then I started showing receipts and coming out about all of the um, toxic and evil things that had been going on for the last two years. I had oh, that, oh, that online. Yeah. And remember I'm coming, I was just coming off of being raped. I was still going through that trauma. I was still going through the trauma of realizing that I'm pregnant. Um, from like, I have, I got a rape baby in me. Um, oh, and the person that did I'm it was, sorry. no, no, it's, it's okay. This is a long time ago, but it, it helps explain where I was coming from when I started doing this. Cause it was, do- when I started doing this, that really made people pissed off. So I started this blog. I started just exposing all the shitty things that were happening. And that did happen to me while I was exposing what was going on with me and the whole post rate stuff. And about two months after um, a new blog popped up and they took the domain name, kateloyce.com and they made their, their blog look just like my blog. Mm-hmm. And they would take my blog post about being raped and write satire on it. So they would take the post and they would make it look like my blog. They would use the same title, but then like all the text would be satire off of what I had written. And to not only satire, but also uh, many things that led to the suggestion that I was lying about everything. Or that if I wasn't lying about it, that I deserved it. And They'd also put things in there like um, I was told several times or they posted several times that I should kill my baby because that's the best thing that I could do for it. Because anyone, any baby of mine. It's not even funny. <laughs> and then no, it's not probably, funny. That's the thing. It, it got dark. It got real joke. dark. You could probably make a you good could. joke out of it, but it, that like that, well, not funny. Yeah. So um, that's how I exited comedy for the first time. I was pregnant the whole scene went against me. My, uh, my ex was actually hosting a uh, kick butt at the time, the open mic, and he was allowed to keep on going. 
but I was being very much, I wasn't being banned, but I was not in a place to go back. Um, so I had my babies, I had my rape. Oh, don't go, yeah. I know, but um, just don't, to help. Sure. I had my son and he was the best thing that happened to me. Um, but long story short, if you go through family court when you're abused or raped and you're a battered mother, there's not much you can do if your ex or the person that's doing it to you has money and power. And my ex had money and power. And I had past of, um, uh, you know, mental health Depends, yeah, thing. Yeah. Plus, yeah. So I was at here and he was here. And basically the only way to keep your children after this man tries to kill you, after you do what you're supposed to do and you go to the court and call the police and do all that. What my lawyer told me was that the best way to protect you and your son is to stay with this guy. Because if you don't try to stay with him um, and you try to take custody away, most likely what will happen is that they take the custody away from you. And now you've lost your child and they're in the care of this person that has not taken any measures to work on their anger or abusive manner. So I followed their advice, stayed with him. I went through about four years of incredibly violent and rapey abuse, but it was because it was the only way I could protect my son. And through that, I got pregnant again. I had a daughter and um, February 20th. By the same dude? By the same dude, because I was with him. Oh. But, and he ripped me so much, I don't know if it was through the rape or just through whatever but uh, um rape will do it yeah yeah rape will, rape will do it. <laughs> i don't know if it's about the rape but come on yeah, <laughs> the first one i was sure the second one it could have been the, i don't know but um i had a daughter february 2017 and um around fall of that year 2017 he his uh abuse was escalating and it got to the point where i was so bruised up that a neighbor called the police and when you call the police on domestic violence CPS comes involved. Yes, all and, the guy gets taken. And uh, actually, they took the children from me. Oh, he, fuck. He removed himself from the house because he was realizing how dangerous he was. And I, I kept him out of the house. I did everything I was supposed to do. Uh, but because I spoke up about um, the corruptiveness of family court and CPS, the day after I made a blog about it, there were eight police at my door. And they tackled me to the ground. They ripped my children from me. They took my eight-month-old daughter from her bassinet. And they were gone. Um, and about a week, just a few days after that, actually, the only way I could figure out how to get up off the floor and stop crying was to go back to comedy. That was the only thing I knew, other than motherhood. Um, so I went back. And I think the first or second night I was out, I was already being threatened about being banned. Um, was that, was he still active in the scene? He wasn't. And he had, he was already, he was already in trouble with the law because of everything he had done to me. Uh -huh. um, he was also not allowed to see our kids. Our kids were, went to a foster home. Um, and he was, he had been in jail. And he got out, but he had like an ankle monitor on. So he was not going out to comedy. Um, but it was people that were kind of his friends that were starting to do the banning stuff. So I, being me and going through family court, I've learned to record things. You just record stuff when shitty things are happening, uh -huh. especially to you. But I was very clear. And I 
I was like, I'm, I'm turning on my audio recorder and I'm going to record this because you're, you're threatening that you're going to ban me for no reason. And that kind of kicked off everything in 2018. So I did that. I got banned. I made a new blog and I wrote about being banned. And and I, I used the audio that I had to kind of, I, I thought in my head, I thought you have to show receipts. So this shitty thing happened, but I can't just speak out about it. I need to have receipts to show that it actually happened the way that it happened. I'm saying that it happened. Mm-hmm. But when I did that, it sent out this like red flag to all of Austin comedy. And it, it put a big target on my back. Um, so for the next six months, I was battling family court and CPS and a bunch of fucked up stuff with my ex Whoa. while I was trying to be in comedy. And while comedy was like half of the people were my were cool with me and half of them were doing their very best to destroy me while they understood exactly what was happening with me. Um, and like, I kept on, I didn't write blogs about like, Hey, guess who I saw doing that. It wasn't TMZ. It was, if you fucked with me or if you threatened to take something away from me, or if you threatened me sexually or violently or to ban me for no reason, I'm going to write about it. Or the people who would, be my friend and then two days later like message me with toxic toxic things i would expose that because i was just in that mindset it was a very traumatic trauma yeah. mindset. it may not have been right but that's where i was and when i was getting that kind of stuff that's where i thought this is the safest way for me to expose this because no one's going to listen to me so here are the receipts but that didn't go over very well and by um but you know, comics don't like being like called out. I don't, <laughs> especially the, the evil point. ones. Whoa. The whole fucking point. But you got to fight with people to be able to do that. If you don't know, a mother, you can't just like start, oh. start shit. It doesn't. Oh, but I knew these people though. That's the thing. Most of them were people that I knew from 2012 to 2014. I knew them. I thought I knew them. And a lot of times they'd be my buddies or they'd be very close to me until a certain point. Yeah. And then someone would talk to someone and something would happen. And I can always tell when they go from like cool with me to we're cutting you off. Um, and around March of 2018, that's the first time I got, it's the second time I got banned, but it started a whole string of banning. And every time I got banned from a place, and they were like open mic places, like Mr. Tramps. Yeah. That one hurt. Um, but every time it happened, I'd walk in and I'd go, what? there's so many people here. This is great. So many comics came to this mic. And then within 10 minutes, I would figure out that I was being banned and I'd kind of put together, Oh, somebody told everyone they're going to ban me tonight. And that's why all the comics are here to watch me be taken away by police. Um, Why taken away by police? Well, because when you come up to me and tell me that I need to leave Uh when I'm just sitting there writing my notes and minding my own business, I question that. And I would say things, and I'd be as polite as I could, and as non-aggressive as I could, and say, why are, what did I do? And they, the owners would never have an answer, or whoever was trying to kick me out. And when, sometimes they would get an answer, because they get pissed off that I wasn't listening to them, and I'd say, well, because they told us they don't want you here. Or nobody likes you. But that's what I was told. You're banned because nobody likes you, and we're going to call the cops, because you're not leaving because nobody likes you. But me being me, I'm going to make you call the cops. I want to make sure everyone knows that you wanted me out so bad that you're going to call the cops to escort me out. And you're just sitting there writing your notes. 
and and again, I'm the one. <laughs> I'm the one that was raped years before. Yeah, I, mean, no, <laughs> I, I think I think they forget that part. <laughs> like, I, but yeah, I, no, I'm the dangerous one. It's, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> don't, don't fuck with Kate Lois. Holy crap! <laughs> but at that point, in that year, and uh, and I will admit, I was very much in a trauma state. So I might have been a little. I can understand how my blog could scare people or make them be like, Ugh, not sure about her. But what they did and the extent that they went to a certain group of white male comics was ridiculous. And it was, I will continue to speak out against it, but carefully and on my own platform. But most of it, I think, was just people not knowing where I was coming from, seeing my blogs and being like, oh, shit, she wants to cancel everybody. But that was never my intent. I never wanted to cancel anybody because I was being canceled. And it's not fair. I don't care if you're racist. I don't care if you're sexist. I don't care if we shouldn't don't be care if you're, they, anything. They don't find you funny. You have every right to get on stage like everybody else. You shouldn't be banned unless you're actually doing dangerous behavior. Exactly. Unless you're actually like threatening an audience member or like saying the N word with an R, but like, but like in a way that's aggressively and scarily, or unless you're Nigger. inciting violence or, you know, like, or at least give well, them a warning before you're going to ban yeah. them. Did anybody come on your side? Any allies at all throughout this whole thing? Because I, I find it crazy that all of a sudden the boys click decides, well, fuck that bitch. We're not, we're not going to get Kate around. And no female comic, no maybe somebody with some... Well, the female comics compass. are the worst. They, um, I would make the female comic friends. And again, for like two days, they'd be like, sisters and they'd be like awesome and yay we found kate and she's so strong and she's so whatever and then uh, you could always tell when someone got to them and talked to them because they would suddenly stop talking to me and i actually had one of them attack me it became a whole thing like i could get a physically attacked at mr tramps and everybody saw it but this girl got to keep on going but two weeks later i was banned because nobody like me and that's what i did but it got to a point where um by the summer i was getting banned i could tell what was happening enough powerful dudes were able to convince everybody to to ban me from everything until i finally gave up and once i was banned from Velveeta room i things had gotten so bad with um the family court stuff and my kids stuff and I've been away from my kids for so long. I tried to kill myself like June 2018. And then and I know it's really deep, but like I didn't die. Surprise. And I, uh, <laughs> I, I fixed up everything and I, I got like a new energy. And one of my like favorite places from 2012 to now, mm-hmm. well, not now, but at that time is Belvita Room. It, had a bit it had very much the hierarchy that cap city did but it was smaller and it was on sixth street and it was downtown austin and they i knew from thursday friday saturday i had a place to go and my favorite spot in town and there's always a good show to see is that the one that dean ran yeah yeah um and even if i wasn't on the open mic even though i was never going to be on one of the friday saturday shows it was just nice to know i could go somewhere to see comedy and even though these people didn't like me, I could be around comics that I just felt closer to. And I had something to do. But the moment Pat 
banned me based off of false allegations that he admitted he knew was false. That's when I lost. I just kind of lost all of the drive that I had and I gave up. I was like, all right, you win. Y'all ran me out of town. And um, for the next year, I dealt with getting ready for a big jury trial to get my kids back. I was very lonely. I worked. I went home and I drank. I worked. I went home and I drank. Um, my kids were in Arizona. They were a thousand miles away from me. It was a rough year, but I won them back in uh, November of 2019, mm-hmm. uh, just in time for COVID to hit a few months later. Hey. And but I had a lot of healing. There was a rough year, but I had the healing from getting them back. Uh-huh. And while COVID was really rough, I had the healing of being like, I got over that. And I know now I'm very strong in my mom-ness now. I'm very strong in that this is home and that I am a mom. But what else? And so I, I came back to comedy. But I left it in such a state, I wasn't really sure what was going to happen. So. Let me ask you this. But before that, the, your hair is rubbing on your mic. <laughs> All good. All right. All right. Uh, but so now that you actually, so you come back, uh, I mean, during COVID, you were active, you, you were already thinking about doing this awesome comedy thing, right? Not until about October. Wow. So yeah. This, well, during COVID, it was just so like, yeah. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> so now that you're in, in, actually in a, I would say a position of power because you're back to putting on shows and booking them. You're going to get back at all these motherfuckers who treated you like shit? No. That's kind of the point. Oh. My whole, no, 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 no. The point, is not, no, no, no. The point is not to get back at them. The point is to show that that's not the goal. You sh- the goal is to, like, I, because of where I am now and what I've somehow done the last two months, I'm trying to mend relationships. I'm trying to, I'm actually giving time to the people who banned me. <laughs> Wow, that's very generous of you. Because I'd be like, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool, fuck you, (laughs) fuck you. I I don't have the room to do that. Like, there are so few people, like, especially when I came back, it was very obvious that I could just get the sense people were like, not sure, not sure. And so any friendship, go ahead. But you have to be like, with all the comics moving here, and... I've I've been I just recently started going back to the to, to showcases and, and all that with COVID. And I'm seeing guy from New York, from LA, from Dallas, and I'm like, these guys are here for a reason. And mm-hmm. we've said this many times on the show, but Austin's gonna become a comedy hub. Joe Rogan said it himself. It is. It, it is. It, but, Joe Rogan is not leaving and yes. he's only bringing more big, powerful LA people here. Yes, and and because of Austin, Texas comedy, like every day there are at least five people that are either visiting town or have bought mm-hmm. a one way ticket to town. And if yep. they're visiting, they say, like, if it? they can't make it onto my mic, they're like, "Oh, well, I'm going to move here soon." So, like it's this happening. is happening. COVID. Yeah, and it can be good and it can be bad, and I want to be part of the, the the good part. Yeah, like Romo Room, I think is a good part, and I uh, want yes. I definitely think those guys got something going on. And shout out to Rob, Ozzy, and Pat, and Tyler, and everybody helping out with the room. Um, what was I going to say? 
yeah to, back to the the fact that it's it, it gets clickish like it i haven't felt like well i did, I did. maybe there's a couple of people who are like oh well we're well we're in this group of folks group of comics usually dudes and we hang out and do all this together and here's somebody who's starting or who's just getting back on the scene and they're not like hey come on come on let me introduce you this I is am. so yes but it's only a few. I'm not. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I get. I. I, I get the. Uh, it's like a they're high school all over pro- again. Well, it's high school and it's protected. I do my best to observe it in a fair way, and it's easy to say that it's high school. They just want to stick to their clique. Yeah. It was clicky before. Yeah, that's you. That's not me this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the cops are coming. I didn't do anything. Right now, it feels less clicky, and it feels more any group you are accepted in you are hanging on to and you're kind of afraid for anyone to fuck that up yeah i don't personally feel that way because i have no group like i'm the one that's like hey guys where are you going next and they all kind of like give you that answer where you can tell they don't want you to come along (laughs) yeah um but i'm the one that's always i don't really care who you are if you're not giving me any weird vibes or any like anything that makes me not want to hang out with you Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, hey, we're all going to hang out over that table. We just kind of smoke after the show or whatever, or we, that's where we hang out. Or um, as long as you're not going to someone's like house. Yeah, really that can be weird. But no one invites me to their house or that, that's where I always get cut I wouldn't off. even go. I wouldn't even go. Like if you want to hang out, we can hang out, but I don't know you well enough to, to be comfortable going to your house. I don't, I don't know what demons you got in there. I, I did that once and that okay. didn't work out well. Well, what happened? I got it was a whole I got raped and pregnant. Thing. Oh well. <laughs> oh, you said I would have smiled like it's nothing. Yeah, that's all I got raped. But you know, that's yeah. what I said. I, I have a, a yeah. very <laughs> dark, dark, dark humor, and it's how I get through all the stupid trauma. Because when you say something like that, people get that like uncomfortable. I'm supposed yeah, to be scared. Yeah. I'm supposed to feel sorry for you or still a victim, and so you have to come up with a joke to be like, "It's fine." <laughs> oh, there's some great. But rape then they think and you're crazy because you're laughing about it. No, no, it's it's. It, it, it's a, it's a, it's a cope mechanism. Oh, it's very like, much. Like anything yeah. else. Some people eat, some people drink, some people crack jokes, turn, you know, what a tragedy or a, uh, a really bad and sad incident into funny. And, and, you know, and, and, I, and I will quote the, 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 one of the best in the game that ever did it. Patrice O'Neill always says a bad joke and a good joke come from the same place. Mm-hmm. It's just when it comes out, it can totally bomb. But they come from the same. They come from the same place. So if you have a good rape joke that some people might not think is funny or it totally bombs, just know that that could have been a good one. But it came from the same place. And I, I love, I love that quote. Patrice O'Neill is like it's top very three. Accurate. Yeah. yeah. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. And don't blame someone off of one joke. If it's offensive to you, or if you can play it into like some cancel culture thing. Like I don't. I'm so against that like as again as long as no one's inciting violence as long as nobody is actively like trying to drive the crowd away mm-hmm. let them talk and if you don't like it if it doesn't work for your room if it doesn't work for your mic give them a warning before you just say you're out of here or before you take anything they say as something so offensive that you have to just ban them or you have to just cut them off or you have to ruin their whole career well, everybody got something to say these days. So exactly, so, as annoying as it is, 
it, it's here to stay. There's no, it's not, it's not going anywhere. And, and, and it's, it's also weird now that because everybody got something to say, everybody feels the obligation to say something, which is totally different. It's okay to have something to say. Or did they feel the freedom to say something or the safety to say something? I don't think, yeah, that comes with it. But I think there's part of a, oh, there's something's going on Twitter. I have to reply to this. Mm-hmm. And I, I've said this before and I'll say it again. When you post something on whatever social media, your first click on post should say, are you sure you want to post this? And if you say yes, it goes. If you say, oh, you know what? I don't think people give a shit. Or I think this could hurt and that could hurt my career. You know, this is me on vacation. Um, it's COVID time. Or this is me doing stupid shit. And then it gets, I get, I get caught at work. But not everything deserves an opinion or your opinion. Anybody's you opinion, really? Canceled for it? No, 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 no. The cancel thing is, 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 is a separate thing. I, I think that if it gets to a point where you just feel the need to chime in on this on the topic, that has sometimes nothing to do with you at all. And just because you, you can't even let that shit go, I'm sorry. Some Well some if you can't let it go, that's a problem. Yes, because chiming in, I don't know. It may be an opportunity for you to learn. Because if you chime in, then someone's going to comment back and you're going to get that thing and maybe you'll learn something. But you, you know where it comes from? I think it's people just trying to be funny, which is which I can't. I, uh, it's hard for me to reconcile the two because you're you have every right to try to be funny. Like I said, it all comes from this, like Patrice said, sorry. Uh, it all comes from the same place. So I will never knock the attempt at trying to be funny. But if you, but everybody does it. Everybody wants to be funny. I mean, I'm I'm surprised. I'm always shocked at how quickly something comes up on Facebook, on Twitter, or on Instagram, or whatever, and then there's already a meme for it. Like somebody already came up with a meme within some seconds of something that happened on TV, and they recorded it and they put it in Photoshop, blah blah blah, blah and then that's it. We have a meme, or your your response was so witty and on point that other outlets are going to say, oh, this and this happened. Twitter is blah, blah, blah. And then your, your one tweet appears in that article. So it, it, it just doesn't feel... I bet you that if you talk to those people face-to-face, they would not be as witty and as funny as they are online. Oh, and you're right. It comes with a safety part. Yeah. And even, uh, I can't say that word either. Anonymity? Anonymity? Uh, uh, <laughs> Where do you put Anonymity? 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 Anonymity. Okay, got it. Yeah. Nobody knows your ass. So you get to... I was like, that's, that's better. That sounds <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was fucking... Uh, emphasis in English always fucks me up because I have a hard time where to put the anonymity, anonymity, anonymity. I can't say it. Anonymity. And there's too many M's and N's. Nobody knows your ass. That's what I call it. Nobody knows your ass. Even for me, and I I can get the infest. Anonymity. Anonymous. But a lot of anonymous. Yes. Anonymous. 
on enmity, anonymity, whatever. English, go do Duolingo. I, I would not take English lessons. <laughs> Look, I have to learn a bit. So it, it's, trust me, I'm still learning every day. Now, but the, the, the point is um, the fact that now everybody wants to be that guy or that ha- have that moment makes it that, you know, you never know if, in fact, if it's actually genuine or not. Because some people are just trying to be mean. This guy's on there trying to be funny and he's just talking shit. And then, but if you talk to him face to face, they go, oh, wait, no, 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 I love you guys. You know, this is, I'm just, I was, I was just playing. But that's the important part, talking to them face to face. And not just judging people on their three to four minute open mic sets or not just judging people on, like, you may look them up or add them as a friend. Like, don't just judge them on what their Facebook says or what their Twitter says or their Instagram, like talk to them. I don't care whether it's a comic or not, but especially in comedy, like my open mic stuff uh-huh. is like way more aggressive than who I am. Or you could easily take the rumors of what's going around uh-huh. and paste it onto my aggressive set. And it, it does not get to the heart of who I am. It does not get to the empathy that I have. It does not get to the, the first thing I wanted to do when I came back a couple months ago was to create a hub like Austin, Texas comedy. That was the first thing I wanted to do. I wanted to create a space and help make Austin comedy into a scene that I wish it would have been for me during this time when we have a chance to do that. So when all the old people do come back, when LA does come in, when we have a whole influx of comics, maybe I could be a part of this core or this person or this account that people know we can go here and we will not get banned we will not get shunned we will if if we if we're anyone that goes through any sexual assault we have a safe place to go and to talk to or if we just don't know if we're coming from out of town we don't know where to go for an an open mic or who to go to for showcases we can go to this person and they're not going to discriminate against us because of who we are who they think we are what our sets are any of that and it's another reason why I like to produce because that gives me, yes, it gives me power, but it gives me an ability to showcase people without a lot of the crap I think others, especially in the past, mm-hmm. have needed in order to give these people some time outside of an open mic. I like it, it's just. It's very complicated with the social media. It's very complicated with the past and the presence and all of that. But right. what the one thing that is, even with me, even through all this crap that has always been most important, what has always, I think, been my truest calling is to just be someone that unites Austin comedy. We're not going to all like each other ever. Um, we're all, there's going to be jealousy and egos and stuff like that, but it has to be a community somehow. And it wasn't before. And you don't have to be a part of it. But whenever you want to be, you can be. And even if you don't want to be, you can still check out like the Instagram and be treated as someone who's a part of the community. You can know exactly how to sign up for Mike without having to be in with the community. You can know where to go. You can know exactly how to set stuff up. You can have someone to ask and talk to and feel safe about it and not have that person be like, oh, but I saw you questioning stuff or, oh, I don't really like your Republican talk or you're a little too conservative. Like it's, it's just, it's just, uh, I wish more people could be like that. And that's why. Clear I clap, gotta, everybody. 
I got to say, I, when I, I listened to um, Rob and Pat's podcast with you, like uh-huh. I, I teared up a couple of times, not because I'm an emotional woman, but because they said things that made me go, I had no idea there were other people like me in this scene. I had no idea there were other people that went through the kind of crap I went through. And, and no, they weren't raped and had babies, but like <laughs> when, when they spoke about like how they were treated when they came in and tried yeah, to I couldn't believe it. I could not believe that. I'm like, it, it's such a, like when I was saying, it's like high school, like you, you getting, oh, college yeah. getting hazed because you're, you're new, you're trying to do something and all of a sudden everybody turns against you. Not and they were trying to do something good. They were trying to do something good and they were being, I was like, I kind of, I don't think it was right, but I kind of get why I got the backlash I did in 2018. But you guys came in just trying to provide more spaces for comics and you got back, you got banned for that. I can't believe it. I'm, I'm going to get to the bottom of this or the top of this, wherever the fuck it is that's up there, that there's like a board meeting that they, all the, all the guys meet up and they go, okay, today we're going to hit Kate Lois tomorrow. <laughs> fuck the Romo room. And then, the, and then I, I don't, I don't, I, I, I hate that kind of shit. I really do with a passion because I think that, and, 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 and that goes with any industry, anybody who is actually helping whatever the, the culture or the community and say, Hey, I want to be part of this. This is what I got to bring to the table and like it or hate it. But if you hate it, you know, don't like fuck me over in the process. Don't ban me. Please. Corner. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's the thing. Like, you know, I, 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 like I said, this year I want to focus on comedy. I want to get as many comics as I can on this show. I love that you're doing that. And so, because I, I was, I, the feedback was about nightlife for seven years, like six mm-hmm. years, because I was all about that. And right. the same thing, I was like, hey, I want to give y'all a platform to express yourself, to tell your side of the story as a bartender, as a DJ, as a musician, as a door guy, as the owner whatever because people don't get people just see the the show whatever that is you go to a bar everything is you give your id everybody sees that have a good time and get the fuck out just like a comedy show you come in you don't, the chances are you don't even know who's on stage you just oh it's comedy you go see you want to laugh you want to laugh all right cool let's go laugh and then you just go and check out a show whether it's free or it's paid and you have no idea who's on stage but I think by by providing this platform to to comedians and entertainers and to talk about just I mean I didn't know I was going to get a rape story on the show ever <laughs> it's the first rape story in the feedback podcast history thank you Kate you know thank you Austin Comedy for that opportunity I- <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly holy crap I didn't never thought I would hear a rape story on the show that'd yeah, be funny but I have earned my no time. look yeah. <laughs> All, all power to you. Honestly, I, I I wish you the best. By the way, when we when we cut this, let's play the graduation theme song over that last speech you just gave because that was beautiful. It, we're probably just going to take that clip and then put it out so people know. Yeah, <laughs> lost. don't fuck with her. You see what she's doing? Don't fuck with her. And let's let's find you some more friends too and more allies. Well, that's, that's a message I'm trying to say. And yes. I've had a, a good. There's one guy friend that's been brave enough to be close to me. But who also acknowledges, like, people are scared of you. And honestly, Kate, I'm scared of you, too, because I know that if I fuck with you, the wrath is on. And I was like, well, that's, that's okay to know. Like, just by fuck with me, I don't mean, like, if you step on my shoe accidentally or if, you, if you're if you so into your 
upset you're going to do, you don't say hi to me. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Don't ban me. Don't spread crap about me. Don't, don't do anything that harms me for no reason. If you have a problem with me, talk to me about it. I'll keep it private. I know it's hard to believe, but I will. No, I mean, it, it all comes, you know what the. And also don't fuck with comics. Cause I will talk about that too. When I see people fucking with comics, especially young comics, when people are being banned from stuff, like I was being banned. I'm having to, I'm having to walk a very fine line with Austin Texas comedy. Cause I'm told you can't get into the politics and still be what you want to be. At the same time, it's who and what is going to call out the dangerous things that are happening. How do we do that without being? Uh, I'll say this, and I have a witness, Carlin, my producer, and, and you who's listening. You always have a place here. If you want to shoot some shit, if you want to talk, let me know. And, you know. and if I see you at a mic, you'll talk to me and you won't. Oh, yeah. Look, I, I'm not that guy. I, I, I hate clicks. I hate clicks. Perfect. I'm like, I'm a satellite. I just... <laughs> go from one, I can go to what this when I was in when I was in school, like as a you know elementary, middle school, high school. I'm like I don't want to be tied with this group. I'm like I can hang out with these people, these people, these people, and they all appreciate me for who I am. You know, I, I um I don't know if I told this the story, but when I when I went to college, um uh, in uh, in Georgetown, Southwestern. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, every, I was hanging out with, with all the fraternities, all of them. There was only four. Uh, but <laughs> like all of them. Yeah, it's just Southwestern. <laughs> 1,300 kids, really. I mean, come on. Uh, private liberal, art, liberal arts school. Uh, anyway, they were all like, they all wanted me to pledge. Like, no, we want the, the cool the African black guy? French guy. Yeah, because yeah. only like 10 people, 10 black people. Yeah. My sister and I were the most international people on campus. Everybody else was from Houston, Dallas. That was it. <laughs> and so they all wanted me to, to pledge one of the fraternities. I'm like, fuck y'all. I'm me. Like, I don't need, I don't need a fucking a stamp on my ass that says KA or Kappa Psych, whatever. I don't need that shit. But I want to be able yeah. to go wherever the fuck I want. That's it. That's all I want. So when it comes to this, this comedy community, quote unquote, that's supposed to be supportive and all that. I, I think that down the road, it's when things really start happening in Austin, you'll see who the bitter motherfuckers are and yep. who are the yep, ones yep. who actually stuck it out. Yep. Like, hey, I'm here because I want to be here. And I'm here because everybody here is on the same boat as me. We're all trying to make it. And by talking shit to each other and banning each other when the scene, I mean, this is not New York. It's not L.A. I mean. And it ain't going to become either one. Yeah. That's, that's also part of the goal. This is it's still just, Austin, it, Texas. Exactly. It's going to get competitive. And those big wigs who are coming down here. That's fine. But they're, they're, I don't think that they're going to look for the, the bitter comic who never who always talks shit. And it was not really part of community. Well, claim he was. But then things started moving in the direction. And people were like, look, man, if you want to, if you want to be part of this, this, this is just common sense etiquette you got to have. You know? And... and that's it. Otherwise, go somewhere else. Start, start a comedy scene in, in Buda. Oh. Well, that's what they always told me. Like, you don't like it? You don't like how it's run? Start it yourself. I'm like, okay. Well, I'll done. Okay, I'll produce it. Hey, <laughs> okay. fuck it. Thank fuck you. It. <laughs> if you don't like it, you don't have to like it. But get the fuck out of my way. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, we're coming up on a couple hours here. What's your dope shit you want to share? Before plugs. 
Uh, oh, oh, I was ready at the beginning and now you've um, thrown me all off. Well, when I saw the dope shit thing, I was like, well, this feels like show and tell. Like, I'm not really sure. Am I supposed to it's, like, it's, bring in my pet rock or, <laughs> or like my no, just That, that cool, painting or? of a tree behind you. <laughs> no, on the wall. No, no. Uh, it could be a show, a book, uh, an album, um, a TV series, a movie, something that you're like, that people got to know about. Like I said, outside of comedy, other than okay, like, it's a comedy special, cool. a, a comedy special that you. Think oh, people- this is one thing that's really cool, especially if comics are listening on a Showtime. There's uh-huh. a like six or seven episode docu series on the Comedy Store. Yes, it is fantastic. That was and my dope shit when it, it came out. <laughs> no, no, it's it, all good. It's all good. It is great. It's a great documentary. Well, it was what helped me realize, like, as I try to go along with the formulas, everyone in town or all the comics tell me to like, you know, punchline here, punchline here. Uh-huh. It was the one thing that showed me that every comic they highlighted, almost every single one, they were like, they went outside the norm or they did something different or they were not your usual voice. And if anything, the comics like in that circle, like Whitney and Joe and yeah. uh, Leno, they all said and encouraged being different, not doing the thing and that the people that they respected or remember the most were the people that were just so out there or just so not whatever those were the most memorable ones and yeah sometimes you went a little too crazy or they were different because they were all coke all the time but then you had some people like you know joan rivers or even robin williams or jim carrey they were doing different things they were not following the formula but it worked out i totally believe in that i totally believe in that um and we can talk more about that we're gonna do like an extended like a bonus clip we can i want to okay. talk more about that uh my dope shit of the week is i started watching this show called your honor oh my mom's been telling on me to showtime watch that with Cranston. holy shit like i've been looking for a dope series to watch i talked about gangs of london which is great on prime but uh your honor is with um oh the guy from brian Big- cranston yeah brian cranston and I've never, I don't want to say never, I've rarely watched a show where I'm so emotionally, like, it's emotionally painful. Ooh, I'm going to watch that after this. Painful, then. because they, it, it's walking, it's like, oh, how can this get worse? Oh, fuck. And then, <laughs> oh, it gets worse. And, and, but the, the whole show, <laughs> and, I, and I'm not giving in, look, I've seen, I've seen shows where, like, things go bad. But it they in this one in particular, I'm only on episode three. I just wrapped up three. It's so intense. It's so intense and so there's there's a, there's a constant battle in your mind about doing the right thing versus getting away with something in order to protect someone you love. Oh boy. So it's it's kind of one of those like there's not a good guy or a bad guy kind of thing because you want to see justice, but justice in this case is is bad in a way, and oh, it fucks with your head. And I'm only on episode three, so you know. It's like, I'm gonna watch this after we get done. Yeah, perfect. There's like there's like three or four more, but just that first episode alone was very intense, and I was I I jumped a couple times watching it. Oh, yes, like and. And look, we've talked about movies and shows on this uh, on this podcast a lot. 
And I'm usually not that emotionally engaged. I'm like, yes, yeah, dope plot, you know, good character development, blah, 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 blah. But this one, I was like, maybe it's because I'm a dad now. Maybe. I don't know. Ooh, yeah. I, there's a little bit that I know about it. I know that yeah, there's that. There, there, there's, something, there's something about that maybe that make, made me uh, feel a certain way. Your so. parent fucks you all up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So Brian Franks. Dad, it still gets you. Uh, so your honor, it's on Showtime, I believe. If you don't have it, just jack it from somebody uh, and check it out. Now, let's go to plugs. Kate, where can people find your stuff? Uh, most importantly, Austin Texas Comedy on Instagram. Okay. Uh, that's where you can find anything Austin Comedy. If you have any questions, DM me. You can kind of figure out what's going on there. Uh, my personal Instagram is kate.voice. If anyone's interested in that. Not really that cool. Is anyone interested? After what you just talked about, I hope people will be interested. Uh, well, and they're I, interested in what I talked about. I've got a whole blog on the family court stuff. Yeah. Turn that into some comedy. I'm sure there's some gems in there. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's, that's most of my comedy. But if you go to katevoice.com, that's where you can find out all about the fun family court CPS uh, stuff. Um, I have taken down all of the past blogs of uh, Austin Comedy. I am working right now to relaunch austincomedy.org, which will have a lot of the same information that Austin Texas Comedy has. Uh-huh. Uh, we're also going to be uh, debuting a uh, podcast this month. Actually, two really? podcasts. Yeah. Two podcasts? Well, there'll be one that's just like a 10 to 15 minute weekly podcast that just goes over what's going on in Austin Comedy that week. It's okay. going to be meeting, it's gonna be kind of going over the stuff. And then we're also going to be starting like a uh, comedy coffee talk. And that podcast is going to be like a group of three to five comedians talking about just uh, general comedy topics. It's not necessarily like a gossip thing. It's more like a, you talk about, you know, what's your favorite kind of open mic setup? Or uh, how do you feel about cancel culture? Cancel culture. How do you feel about, or how did you feel when Cap City died? Or, you know, that kind of stuff. It can be personal, but it can also be just general comedy sure. topics. When you say we, who else is working on that with you? Just me. <laughs> but it sounds better when I say <laughs> you said, we. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds official. Okay. I, I, have, I have people that like support me. So like I kind of think about them, but it's, it's really just that's what I'm starting up. And that's what I'm hoping can become a we. Well, I, look, uh, however I can help, uh, let me know. Definitely. And feel, feel free this to ask. This has helped a lot. Yeah, I mean, and feel free to ask. And I want to be on that show. I got, I'm calling it. I got right you. Now. I got you. <laughs> I'm a, I want to be on that show. Both of them. Since you're doing two podcasts, I, I can only do one. <laughs> and you're like, I'm going to do two and produce shows and Suck take care of my man. kids. And I'm like, God damn, I am lazy. Oh yeah. And I'm producing my own stuff. And I just got um, asked to be part of a production like team. So I've got those two things going, got the two podcasts going, got the whole Instagram thing going, but most of it, as much as I want to be doing my own comedy, a bulk of what I'm doing is just to support Austin comedy and make it as inclusive and informative and transparent as it can be during this time. And to hopefully keep that going when things blow up again. And you're in the right place at the right time. So keep doing your thing, wishing you on the right. best. Like, like I said, uh, feel free to come back and uh we'll oh, i will thank you for everything you're doing <laughs> i say we like i'm like i'm in it i was gonna say you get you doing it too <laughs> i'm not in the scene 
I don't think I am yet, just yet. You I, mean, are. I, t- I told I told that I told Pat that uh, uh, last weekend. He was like, "Yeah, you are." I'm like, yeah, "Not really." I mean, it's not like people... I see it, Mike. You're in the scene. There you go. All right, I'll you're interviewing it. comics. You're in the scene. Okay, okay. I'll take the compliment. Damn it. <laughs> it's, not a, it's just it's just, it's just a, you go to one mic. You're in the scene, and that's how I hope uh, more people treat people. It's not like a oh, he's new. He's not. look at. I promised Pat and uh, and Rob that they'll see my black ass more often, and so far I've, I've hit my we promise. We better. Yeah, I am. I am. Seriously, I am. I am. And I'll have I'm, you on after, City Limits if you want to be on. I look after those two bombs I did last night. I'm like, God damn! I'm starting from scratch. It's exciting. I'm gonna get yeah, the chills the again, and yes. I'm gonna piss my pants, and yes. I'm gonna bomb on stage and look at my shoes the whole time. That's part of it, and kind of. It's hey. a great part of it because once you start looking up a little bit more and you may not like bomb, you may not like succeed, but just when you get a little bit up, it, yeah. it feels so good. And that little adrenaline, oh, it's great. <laughs> Fucking hate it because it makes me come back, but oh, it's so good. <laughs> Look, you, you do, you're doing the right thing. You're doing the right thing. You're <laughs> grinding. Let's just say we're all, we're all grinding here. You're grinding right. too and keep on doing it. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, let's see. Yes. Make sure you follow the feedback everywhere on social media, BIK, like my name. Uh, let's see what else I want to announce. Yes. Hip Hop Bingo is returning on Monday, March 8th. Uh, so I'll be putting out uh, more details as we come along. And yes, make sure you go back to the archive. Again, support your Austin comedy, your local comedy scene, wherever you are, wherever you're listening to this. Because we definitely need to laugh. It's a shitty year we've had. Uh, and 2021 is not letting go. So COVID is still here. So fuck it. Get some laughs. Go see some comedy. Watch some specials. Support your your comics. Share their videos with your friends. Do all that stuff. And if someone is doing the right thing in your scene and you're a comedian, go talk to them. Uh, because we definitely 